All right, Marky, episode 24 here on the program is the host of Western New York at Work on AM 1520. She is a 2002 Nardin graduate, 2006 Fordham University graduate, a partner at Staff Buffalo, and our first D1 athlete, Lauren Lewis. Welcome to Alexis Zatan. Awesome. Thank you so much. That was quite the introduction. You know, well, <laughs> I was like, whoa. I mean, you are our first D1 athlete. Yeah. So, I mean, that's something. We've had I some good pretty, athletes. On. You've had some great athletes. I've, yeah. I've, I've listened to you, a few of your podcasts. I've heard some of the athletes on your show. Yeah. But first D1, it's pretty cool. I'm honored. And I'm oh. honored to be on License to Talk today. Oh, well, thank, thank you for coming. Uh, Let's start here. Uh, a partner at Staff Buffalo. That's a locally women-owned staffing firm. What yeah. exactly? Tell us what exactly that is. So we match make companies with candidates and help companies find the best people to join their teams. So companies approach us and say, "Hey, we need to we need to hire a senior accountant." Well, we work with the company to find out what the qualifications are they're looking for to hire someone the culture of the organization, and then we match make based on the candidates that we've developed relationships with over the years and really have an understanding of the qualifications of the candidate, what makes them tick, what makes them excited about a next job opportunity, what kind of company they want to be at, where they see their career going, and we match make based on that. So it really we call it we're matchmakers. We're matchmaking great people with great companies and helping them, you know, candidates get their next job, their dream job, and helping companies just hire great people. So it's Within like, Western New York. It's like a dating app for a job. <laughs> kind of. There's no swiping left or right, though. <laughs> now, are you just getting like uh, like recent college graduates, or is it like people who are switching? What are your general Everything. people? So, yeah. So my cousin Maggie O'Sullivan Shea and I started the company back in 2015. Maggie is a CPA by trade and worked in public accounting and then got into recruiting. My background, I was in pharmaceutical sales, um, and so – one day we ran into each other at a, at a Starbucks. Like I was grabbing coffees for an office. Maggie was, was meeting a client and, um, I say running in very loosely because we're, we were raised super close and have always been close friends. But it was just that moment where I was like, you know what? I just really want to start my own company. She goes, Oh my God, me too. I have all these ideas. I was like, me too. So we sat down and we brainstormed a bunch of different ideas, you know, kind of like let those, there are, I mean, across the board of different ideas. I couldn't even tell you what they are at this point. But a couple months later, Maggie was working at a recruiting company, like I said, and she called me. She's like, I hate the direction my company's going in. I'm leaving, and we're going to start a recruiting company. So we started Staff Buffalo. And because of her background as a CPA and in public accounting, and that's what she was recruiting on in her previous position, we really started Staff Buffalo around accounting and finance positions. And then as our clients grew and as their client needs grew, we um, expanded into legal. So we do paralegals and attorneys. We've done human resources positions, general business operations, so anything from buyers, um, supply chain management, anything along those lines, healthcare, uh, sales, marketing, real estate. We really focus on anything from office level admin up to the C level positions. So if I was a person that was going to go look for it, would I go to the website and start doing yeah. something or would it be like all personal relationships? It's a little bit of both. So we have a whole database of candidates that we've talked to over the course of the years and our recruiters have established relationships with these candidates to really get an understanding of their background, their work experience and like what they're looking for in their next career move. So when a client comes to us to say, hey, I need a senior accountant, we already have those established relationships with the candidates. And the candidates come to us either via the website, they they look up Staff Buffalo and they either email us directly or apply to one of the positions that we're working on, like on our website, or it's just referrals. I mean, we're in Western New York, we're in Buffalo, and a lot of a lot of things happen here by word of mouth and who you know. So we get a lot of referrals that way, and that's how we really build our candidate base. And that's how we get our clients too. It's just honestly word of mouth and some a lot of knocking on doors and sending emails to really try and establish relationships and build our brand and let people know who we are and what we do. Do you remember your first uh, success? Like your the first one you, you, that you got going, the first client? Yeah. And so I, I was still working in pharmaceutical sales when that happened. So Maggie was really instrumental in getting the first client, doing that first placement. We had one recruiter who's still with us um, from, she's been with us from the start, Stephanie. She's our senior financial recruiter. So I'm sure they can speak more to that. I remember just being like really excited and I was still learning the industry at the time. So I was like, okay, this is cool. But I was still doing pharma. So I was doing a lot of the back end stuff with Staff Buffalo. But at that time in 2015, we were working out of Maggie's dining room 
Um, and we were doing a lot of the, ma the marketing and the social media and the branding all in-house. So I did a lot of that back-end social media marketing and networking stuff, but not, not the day-to-day because -day I was still in pharma. But I mean, when I was, um, when I finally pulled the trigger and resigned from pharmaceutical sales in 2017 and went into Staff Buffalo full-time, it was really cool. And I kind of first got my, you know, great new client and like one that I owned and can like really kind of nurtured. There's actually one client who has become a really good client of ours over the past couple of years. Um, but I met him at Tapo on Ellicott one night. We were sitting at the bar and my friend um, asked him, he was sitting next to him, if she could try his wine because she didn't know what kind of wine she wanted. And then we just started talking and found out like he has a, a home healthcare company. And then so him and I kind of built a relationship over a few months and we went to lunch and had some meetings to talk about each other's businesses and We've placed several positions with their company and are working on a lot more now. It's a lot of you, you home talk, healthcare positions. You talk about social media. I mm -hmm. see you everywhere. You guys are everywhere. Good. So we're, do, so we're doing our job. You, you are <laughs> doing working. good. Yeah. You're always cutting a ribbon. Cut, oh. You're you're all, you really are. I mean, we said the other day she really sharpens her scissors. You know. <laughs> I like that sharpens her scissors. Yeah. You're always cut. You're always somewhere. How has social media really helped you? And what are the drawbacks of it? You think? Yeah, you're, because you're talking about personal communications. Yeah. Like the, it's got to be more important than social media. I, I I just always have to think. That. I hands down love a face to face interaction more than social media. I feel like it goes so much further than a text message, than a phone call, than a social media post or an email because you can really get to know someone face to face so it's really important for us to be out at different events networking in the community we do a lot of volunteer work so that's super important for us and then the social media is just really like almost like the other side of it just to build our brand be identifiable you might recognize our pink buffalo which is our our logo um so people always say that we have a big hot pink buffalo on the front of our building we're on the corner of maine and humboldt in the city and we have a hot pink buffalo right on the front. So it's, it's, it just helps kind of build build and put it all together. So people know who Staff Buffalo is and what we do. And then they see us on the community, and they already know, like, what we're doing. It, it really sticks out, a big awesome. pink buffalo. You Thank know, you. I've seen it. I've seen it. it really Thank does. you. Good. Now, you talk about being – you were in pharmaceutical sales for about yeah. 10 years. Uh-huh. Yeah, 10 years. How did, how did you shift away from that? Are, were you just sick of it, and are you still in the field? No, I'm not in the field. I resigned in an end of March 2017. I had a great career in pharmaceutical sales. Um, I loved it. I loved the relationships I made. I loved just being out and talking to people all day, every day. I loved I loved selling, and but I just – the industry was constantly changing. And there are always a lot of unknowns. Companies were always restructuring and downsizing. The federal government and health insurance companies, access of, at hospitals and doctor's offices was getting tougher and tougher, so it made it harder and harder to do your job. So I just kind of didn't see the long term for it myself. And I always kind of had that thing in the back of my mind that I wanted to own my own business. Um, so when I had the, you know, the, the, that aha moment with Maggie to start our own company, it kind of just really set the tone with it. And so I was fortunate that... I was still able to do pharmaceutical sales for two years after launching Staff Buffalo um, till it made sense for me and for Staff Buffalo for me to come on full time. So, you know, Maggie was really instrumental in getting the first clients and, you know, building the, the recruiting side of the business. And then when it was growing, it was like, I think on to 2016, we sat down, talked. She's like, OK, when are you coming on full time? And I was like, all right, I either have to do this now or I don't look back in five years and say, I wish I did that. Yeah, it's, that's so, a tough decision. Yeah, crazy. I miss I miss pharmaceutical some some days, but I I love doing what I do at Staff Buffalo. And people always ask like, okay, how do you make the the move from pharmaceutical sales to recruiting? They're so different, but it's still sales and it's still you relationship. own one of them. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's nice to own a, your own company, but it's um, it's building relationships, and that's what I love to do. I love to talk to people. I love to understand their story and help them with the need, help them find a solution. And that's really what it comes down to. And it's, it's selling different things. Now I'm selling staff Buffalo to potential clients and we're selling candidates to hiring managers to ha have them hire it. So it's, it all comes, it's all coming around in the same. You're like a career coach. You, really? Right. Yeah. A lot of times we do do a lot of career coaching. We talk to a lot of candidates about their careers. Like, okay, this is, they want, they want another job or they come to us and say, Hey, what do you think about this company? We're like, Nope, Nope, not a good fit for you. So we do a lot of coaching in that regard. We also provide job seeker services for candidates. 
So we do um, interview workshops, resume formatting, networking workshops, just so that they can make sure like whether we place them in a position or not, they're prepared to get their next job. Especially the, you uh, mentioned, Mark, the, the college graduates earlier. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's super important for them to know, okay, where do I go? I'm just graduating from college. Like, how do I find my next yeah. job? Is my resume okay? How do I interview? They might not have gone on a professional interview yet. Hopefully they have, but you never know. So we provide a lot of those resources. So for is that how, do you prepare people for their interviews? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. So we have an interview workshop service that we provide. In like fact, mock interviews. Mock interviews, yeah. Okay. So for example, we had a candidate come to us, um, I think it was in January. He had two interviews coming up. And he was really nervous about him, but really wanted to like put his best foot forward for the interviews. And he came to us on a Saturday in January in the middle of a blizzard to prepare for these interviews. So we, he gave us the job descriptions of the jobs he was interviewing for. So we could kind of tailor our interview to what he was um, going to be interviewing for. Do you ever life. put like a dead fish in the garbage? <laughs> so like if it smells bad in his interview, he's prepared for he's it? He's prepared for it? No, we didn't go that far. We did not go that far. I'm just kidding. That would be a really awkward situation. Yeah. Although there are, when, I, when I was in pharmaceutical sales, there were always like rumors about like, okay, the, the hiring manager who I was interviewing with took a phone call in the middle of the interview. Like, what right. does that mean? Were they trying to see how I reacted to that? I'd they be like, asking all those questions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, what does it mean that he keeps rubbing his chin? I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the most important thing is don't think about those things too much. Yeah. It could just be a, yeah. like a glit, like a nervous twitch for the interviewer. <laughs> you think people think too much when they go into totally. an interview And that's pro- why we try and process. prepare them to like not overthink it. Just be themselves, you know, let their personality show and just really be confident in the interview and remind them that the interview is a two-way street. They're right. in, the hiring manager is interviewing you as a candidate, but the candidate's interviewing the hiring manager just as much to make sure it's the right fit for them, too. Yeah, like we were saying, everybody's interesting. It's just you yeah. got to find, like, your points that, you know. Yeah, absolutely. You're getting a lot of positive feedback from uh, college students that you've had in the mock interviews? Or is it really good in preparing yeah. them? Yeah, so um, the – the candidate I mentioned earlier who came on the Saturday in January, we, he had great feedback for it. He felt really confident for his interviews. And we do do a lot of mock interviews at the college, the local colleges, too, to help him prepare. And, we, yeah, they always appreciate it because it makes them feel just more comfortable. What about high schools, think, the local high schools? We do do a lot with high schools. Do you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. I mean, as an art and, like, alumni, we were very involved there. Sure. Um, do a lot with them. I've done some work um, with Buffalo Public Schools, some of the charter schools. I mean, really, we'll, we'll work with anyone. We're, we want to help. We want to help people just be their best, the best person they can be and be prepared for, you know, especially the high schoolers, be prepared for college, be prepared for, you know, what they should be doing in college to set themselves up for getting their first job out of college and just navigating that career path. I wish that we would have had someone like Lauren come in and talk to us, get us, us ready. <laughs> yeah, you guys had time and you have a... You'd have listened, I'm sure. <laughs> but like, you know, we just we just had a South Park Spark on, which was, uh, you know, a little different. You went to Narden. How was that? Yeah. Growing up with like, you you had to go and make a whole bunch of friends, right? From all over. Yeah. yeah. From all over. I had friends like East Amherst. I didn't even know how, where East Amherst was. Like before I went to Narden, I remember going. <laughs> He's to my never been to houses. Williamsville. Never. <laughs> never. Billville. Never been. <laughs> <laughs> You are sheltered here in South Buffalo. <laughs> I you never to... leave South Buffalo, do you, Jim? No, no, I do. I've been, I was in East Aurora twice the past month. What did you do in East Aurora? Went to the, oh. bar, went to the bar bill and okay. see, then seen a play. Like, if, if you, Great play. If you go to the East Aurora, you have to go to the bar bill. Yeah, yeah. It's, I love East Aurora. I think there's so many great restaurants out there. It's such a great little community. It's awesome. Now, you do a lot of volunteer work. Mm-hmm. Are you telling a lot of your clients that come into Staff Buffalo – can't hurt to be a volunteer. Build that resume. Is that one of the things these people should be doing? We tell people that all the time. Um, the candidates we work with, and I really know we talk to because when you volunteer, you kind of can develop different skills that are outside your day-to-day job. So if you're looking for maybe a career change, we tell people to get involved, sit on the, try and sit on a board or volunteer with an organization and volunteer for different committees within it to try and just get different skills to help you get that job that maybe like you're an account but you want to go into um marketing completely different so like okay if you're an account but you're sitting on a board a not-for-profit board volunteering with an organization take a take a chance on a you know marketing chairperson role so you kind of learn that side of the of the business too that's a different industry and can help you shift gears it's also a great way to network oh, and yeah. make connections you meet a lot of different people 
um, through volunteering. So we always encourage it. My years of coaching, I met so many people Isn't it great? volunteering, you know, and everyone goes, how many, con-? you know, one time I had over 8,000 contacts in my phone. So oh, it's wow. not, a, it's That's not overwhelming. A, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's pretty crazy when Tyler, the goalie calls you from ni- 1999. You have <laughs> no idea who Tyler, the goalie is. <laughs> I got, I, I have worked on that and put names in full names into the phone now, Mark. I try and do that too. Yeah. Yeah. The first name oh. and the last name instead of like, you know. Stupid guy with beard. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I should answer that one. So volunteering, it seems like Staff Buffalo is a great idea for a business, Mark. And I, I hope to see more success from you. I Thanks. see so much success. Thank and you. I'm, I'm on. The, I'm always. In, this isn't surprising, but I listen to AM radio. Okay. I, I turn the dial. I call yeah. him. I go, Marky. There's somebody else that has a talk show that we know. He goes, who? I go, Lauren Lewis. Yes. And I was listening to the talk show. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks I, for listening. Yeah. How does that happen? Because How did that's I our, end up as a co-host on a well, because we think ESPN somebody's fifteen twenty. Yeah, because we think yeah. somebody's gonna call us and say, "Hey, boys, you want to do this <laughs> once a month over here?" We really think it's gonna happen soon, but how did? How does that phone call? Yeah. Come? So it all goes back to just like doing different things and being involved and trying something different. So I was a. Maggie and I were approached by my now co-host, Dale Martin, for Western New York at Work, um, to come on the show and talk about Staff Buffalo and what we do there. So I went on the show, talked about Staff Buffalo, and about a week later, he approached me and was like, so I kind of want you to be my co-host. And I was like, I'm in. Why not? Like, did I ever see, like, my path going, like, also co-hosting a radio show? No, but it's been so fun, and I love it. It's a great way to meet different people in our community. Again, it goes back to that networking component. Um... And it's a great way for me to kind of continue to build Staff Buffalo's brand, build my brand, get my name out there, um, and just connect. And I've had so much fun doing it. I've learned a lot of new things, learned about new companies, new businesses in Buffalo, new not-for-profits, um, new and old. And it's just, it's been awesome. It's been so much fun. So every, like, Sunday we're on ESPN 1520 AM from 10 to 1030. And we talk about sports, jobs, economic development, and the people that make it happen. We'll have to have you guys on someday. You can talk about License to Talk. Well, we have been on a, a show. You have? Which one? And, well, here, here's what happened. <laughs> The guy claims we were knocking it out of the park. We were killing yeah. it. I mean, Mark. I mean, we, we we just always end up arguing about Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever we go, me and Jim are arguing. So the guy was probably like, what? what there was nothing in that. <laughs> These guys were talking about fiction. He claims characters. he didn't press record. <laughs> it was another podcast. I, I, I forget what it was, but Mark had the best line. He goes, 102 shows, Jimbo, and he forgot to press record, huh? Yeah. yeah. I laid down a one. He was like, oh, yeah. shoot, missed that one. We yeah. would love to come down, and I we will tone it down, especially me, but I would love to come on because I am a listener. We're all about having fun on the show. Oh, so yeah, that's what it's all about. you can always that when you listen to it. We have fun, and we just want our guests to, like, tell us what they're about. Yeah. You know, tell us what they're doing, and that way, you know, help us on promote. We got a guy coming too. up next to shot an air conditioner. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. you'll have to listen to that one. He's we like, oh, I'll tell you the story about when I shot the air conditioner. <laughs> Sounds interesting. Yeah. So as you can tell, we get interesting people, but sometimes yeah. we get very smart people like you where we can learn something <laughs> and, you know, help other people in life other Thanks. than just, you know, a hang. But you, you've had a, a hand in a, just about everything in the last two years. I mean, you're doing well with the logo. With nowadays, everything's branding. So much branding. We had a meeting today with a with a potential client, and we talked a lot about branding and how they've built their brand and they've brought their company from New York City and they're you know growing rapidly in Buffalo. And up until I think maybe two or three years ago, they didn't even have a website and they had no brand. And they're they're very focused on their brand and their identity and you know, what their, their vibe is at their, the culture of their organization, which is so huge culture. What's but more it's amazing that you think about even up two years ago, a huge company didn't have a website yeah. or a brand. Like that, it's always been very important to us since the day we started to have Buffalo to what's, have a strong brand. What's more important, the social media presence or the logo? Do you think? Hmm, that's a great question. I mean, I think the logo, cause it's, it goes beyond social media. Like it's on, it's on our physical building. It's mm-hmm. on any of our like swag and gear that we have. Um, and then it's, when you're on social media, that's what people recognize. Yeah. They see our hot pink buffalo. They might not even see staff buffalo. They'll be like, I, I know that from somewhere. Do you pay for that? No. Or that just happens. So everything we do is from a, from a social media marketing and like advertising standpoint is pretty much free. Like the free stuff. We haven't paid right. for our Facebook ads. We haven't paid to have 
our Instagram posts or our Twitter posts. What they would call promoted. organic. Organic. Yeah, yeah. Everything's organic and yeah. everything's been like very bootstrapped. We do it all in-house, all internally. It's all us doing it. And from the, from an advertising standpoint, like what we do pay for is like sponsorships. So we'll do sponsorships for different events or organizations and something that we believe in. Right. So we'll do stuff like that, but nothing nothing paid for advertising. Awesome. What could happen to a License to Talk, Staff Buffalo, your show, yeah. um, if social media is just kaput, eliminated? Because it seems we're going down a path where something's going to happen here. Eventually, the house is going to burn down. Yeah. This guy's getting kicked off. This guy isn't. Do you think one day they're just going to come in and just say, that's it? You know, I thought, I thought that too. Right? And I don't know. But, like, I mean, I learned first about License to Talk from Twitter. Right. Seeing your, your tweets. Thanks, Chef. And then I realized it was you guys, and I was like, oh, my God, I know them. <laughs> but it's been fun to follow, too. And I think that's, you know, you always have that traction with, with yeah. social media. And, you know, I feel like you like a lot of things. Like, people always make fun of me because I'm always, like, liking posts. They're like, do you even know what you like half the time? But I'm like, mm. no, it's like, it keeps me relevant. Yeah. You know, it keeps people, like, you know, seeing me. And then you get new followers that way. So yeah. you have to do it. It's a lot of, it can be a lot of work. But, you know, it's fun, too. And you have to learn about a lot of different things happening in Buffalo and Western New York. New podcasts, yeah. businesses, events. It's, I'd be lost without social media. Yeah. I love it. Like, there's been times that I want to delete it. But I, I use it so much from for a business perspective that I, I just can't. But yeah, it's just like staying half normal cons, yeah. outside of it. And there's plenty of times I just put my phone down yeah. and not look at it. But. For sure. What kind of sports uh, figures are you getting on the program? We've been trying to get some, but we, you know, we get D1 athletes like yourself <laughs> <Me>. and knuckleballers <laughs> and, you know, things golfers. like that. Yeah, yeah. You got some South Buffalo pro golfers. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cass Country Club's finest. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you were a D1 athlete and you yeah. were rowing. You I was couldn't. Rowing. Where else in Buffalo could you have even done that? So, I rode for Narden and Westside Rowing Club um, through high school. And then I was recruited to Fordham um, and rowed there. For four years, but I co- came back and I coached Nard and I coached the freshman for about a year. But it, I wish I could, like, I don't row anymore. And I wish I, but it's not one of those sports you can just go in, out there and do it. There's no, like, there's really no, like, rec leagues or, like, pickup leagues. You're either you're in a just, club. You're in a club. Or, or you're or, not. Or you own your own boat and go out on the water and do it. But it's. How did you get into rowing? Um, I did the West Side Rowing Club's crew camp, I think going into eighth grade and then going into my freshman year. So did that Narden, sway so you me. how you mm-hmm. were going, where you're going to high school? It helped. Yeah, because Narden had a crew team. Um, and I knew one of the coaches at Narden, he, well, he's St. Peter and Paul family. And his daughter was like, two years behind me. And so I, I got familiar with it from them, from um, being around them through like basketball at St. Peter and Paul and all of that. And that's just kind of, that opened my eyes too. And I was like, that sounds really cool. And I did the crew camp and I just fell in love with it. I love being on the water. It's not your typical sport. No. But, but I I think more people, I'm surprised more people don't play it because it's not very expensive either. I, did Timon just get a rowing team? Yeah, they've. Yeah, Timon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Timon has one. Um, and it's because back when I was in high school from like 98 to 2002, Timon, Mercy, they didn't have rowing teams. And then eventually they got them. And some of them have collaborated to have teams together if they just don't have enough of a turnout. Or people can always row for Westside Rowing Club. And now there's, I think it's Buffalo Scholastic Rowing Association. I think that's the name of it, but it, that's on the river mm-hmm. on Ohio Street. Yeah, I've seen so those. They have, yeah. um, they have teams now too. So it's, it's grown a lot within Western New York, even since I I was a rower here. How do you but. train for that? Just that, that rowing machine or what? Yeah. That's it? You do, you do the erg. So the rowing machine is called an erg, an ergometer. So you row on that a lot. Um, Cross training, different calisthenics, some weights, running. Um, and then on the water, you get in the boat and you get out there and row. But that was like when I was in college, we didn't have like an off season. And we literally, even in the winter when we couldn't be on the water, we would train six days a week on the erg, which I'm still have like PTSD from that. Cause that was just like, it got to be painful after a lot, after that long of a time doing it. Um, and then we did strength and conditioning too. So we had a strength and conditioning coach. So you, you guys went out, you trained all year. Yeah. And what was the big regatta? I, I don't know if it's called a regatta. It is regatta. Is right. it? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. It's a regatta. When I was in college, it was the, we had the Dadvilles, and that was in Philadelphia. That was one of the big spring championships. And then 
Atlantic 10 championships. We were an A-10 team, so that was a big one. And then the fall, you have the head of the Charles, which is in Boston. And then you guys, when you win, you throw the... The caxi in the water. Right. Yep. You and got that, it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a couple kids that uh, played for me back in the day that were rowers. Strong, strong yeah. skaters. If oh, I And I always tell them... like muscles. Yes. I always tell people... One of the things you should look into, and it's a, it, it's an e- not an easy scholarship sport, but it's right there. And if you're good at it and you're strong, yeah. you can go places with it. Well, and that's why when I got into it, like it was a big scholarship sport for for women athletes because of Title Nine. So it's one of those sports that a lot of the schools had. They they gave scholarships to women to kind of they had to um, balance out all the scholarships they gave for like the football team. Yeah, so there were so many. So Title Nine kind of helped like, you know, women rowers get those scholarships to college. And I going in and when I was in high school, like I knew I was good from an early start. Um, and I, my freshman year in high school, I did cross country, JV basketball, and then crew in the spring. But then the next year I didn't do basketball anymore. And I did indoor track to kind of focus more on crew to help me stay more conditioned and in shape for crew. So, cause I knew I would need like, stay in shape and stay competitive and keep getting better and better so I can get that scholarship yeah. to college. It paid great. off. It was great. I mean, I Fordham's it. hired. So what was the the life of school and rowing? Like, oh, yeah. How, how, was, how was that? So we had practice every morning at 6 a.m., like Monday through Friday. Saturdays might have been at 7, so but still early. And then I had classes you know, all day. And then my junior and senior year, I interned too. So I would row, go to class, and an internship, and then I bartended on the weekends to make extra cash. Hustle. So, wow, hustle. that's hustle, Marky. Hustle. Uh, yeah. But, you know, you know what the good thing about it was it really taught me a lot of great time management skills and just self-discipline um, and how to prioritize things because that was just crucial for me to, you know, maintain my my schooling, my grades, and then, you know, be a good member of the team and build my resume, too, for my career after college, which was important for me to have internships. And being in New York City, like, I wanted to take advantage of that, so that's why I did that too. All these, all these uh, hockey players that listen that or have history degrees, Marky, they should definitely go see Lauren at Staff Buffalo. <laughs> really place, place them where they should be, you know. Because hey, if a, we have a fit for them, we will. Yeah. I tell people we can't. I'm not a magician. I can't pull jobs out of thin air. But, right. You know, if we have a job that we're working on that you're a fit for, perfect. It's always worth the conversation to talk to us. That's interesting. You talk about time management and kind of training yourself for the real world while you're going to school. I don't mm-hmm. think enough students think about that. They don't. They don't. And I think a lot of times, you know, whether it's their parents trying to make them focus a lot on their schooling, like, okay, you're in college, like you have to focus on school and you have to focus on getting good grades and doing your classes. But they forget that like when they graduate and they have no work experience, they have no resume. They can't get a job after college. I mean, they can, but they got to, you got to start somewhere. And I think that's, what's so important for like college students to know. And we talk about this a lot when we talk to the high schoolers, but like get internships, work, work part-time, do a part-time job, whatever you can to start building your, your resume and getting those professional skills. That'll just make you a great candidate when you graduate college. I, I had a player the other day call me and he's like, you know, I'm thinking about going out for this junior team. And then I go, well, I got some advice for you. Get on with your life, build your resume, and get a job. Oh my God, that's perfect. You want to work at Staff Buffalo, Jimbo? Yeah, well, hey, <laughs> you, you hire it. I, I, I'll work there, KBW, anywhere. You know that, Mark. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't watch Channel 7, but he'll work there. But I'll work, work there. there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'll start work, I'll start yeah. watching it then. So you were recruited to, to Fordham. Yes. And that was 2002. When I, I just wanted to go to New York City. I remember sitting down at my kitchen table with like my mom and my dad, like weighing the pros and cons of all the places I had. I got into and got scholarships to and was recruited to and where I wanted to go. I think my dad really wanted me to go to UB. And I was <laughs> so like, I want to go to New York. <laughs> I was just did. there and they said, if you see anything suspicious, call alert the authorities right away. Mm-hmm. I seen a cab driver washing his hands. I had to call, <laughs> I had to call the police right away. <laughs> well, that's fishy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you talk, a lot of people from Buffalo went to Fordham. Yeah. How did that help you adjusting to a new city at just such a young age? Oh, my God, it was great. It was because I remember even like my first night on campus, you know, we, I had friends that were older than me that were from Buffalo, whether they went to – Canisius, Timon, St. Joe's, other Narden grads, Mount Mercy, 
um, it was like you had an immediate connection, immediate bond. Everyone always knew like the Buffalo kids because we always like, you know, you stay together. Stay together. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like, leaving your money on the bar campus. I'm like, OK, my friends from Buffalo, like they're having a party at their apartment. Let's go there. And, you know, you just kind of built some great friendships from it that you're we're still friends and still close with to this day. But it definitely helps you assimilate into a new co- a new school, a big city and just kind of navigating your way around. It's what, super helpful. What drew you over to Fordham? They, other than like UB or, you know, Syracuse or yeah. what, what it was just New York or was it, well, I kind of know a couple other people there was, going yeah, there. Yeah. It was like, yeah. I knew some people there. I knew it was a great school. I liked the fact that it's like a small, smaller private school. Um, because like UB was huge, probably too big for me. Um, so I liked that. I liked having New York right there and being able to say, I, I, you know, I'm going to school in New York. And then I, utilize that to my advantage with like the internships and stuff so it's like the whole package like really drew me there and of course like rowing and my scholarship helped and then your brother comes and follows you there my brother followed me there (laughs) yep two years later here comes pat (laughs) how many times you fall asleep at the gin mill (laughs) (laughs) ziggies (laughs) you did your research i heard yeah yeah yeah, no it was fun having my brother there too and then i got to know his friends and he's close with my friends you know i think i remember one of his when he was a freshman his roommate was also another kid from buffalo and I like invited them over to my apartment for dinner, and I made like macaroni and cheese. <laughs> like, crap. And they were like, I was, like, "Whoa, come to my apartment, I'll make dinner." They're like, "You have butter and Mac milk? And cheese. No yeah. way!" <laughs> I know. They're like, this beats the cafeteria. Something else I ran into is Fordham's ran by the Jesuits, right? It is a Jesuit school. Yep. Now the Jesuits, their main focus is on education rather than fundraising, charity. How did that play into the role of your success? Do you know what I mean? So a lot of what the Jesuits are, they do it's education and service and service for others. So that kind of really helped like shape who I was, because I think it's just so important to, you know, lay the groundwork for obviously a solid education um, and being well-rounded within education. So you had like liberal arts school. So you had to take certain core classes. Um, so you learned a lot about different things, which helped me navigate what I wanted to do, because I had no clue like what I wanted to major in and what direction I wanted to go. So that helped. And then the service to others is always important too. And that's kind of carried through, through my professional life as well as with all the volunteer work. So that's really helped you with staff Buffalo is that yeah. Jesuit foundation mm-hmm. that they mm-hmm. laid it for them. Yep. Wow. That's great. And that's, it's always Maggie went to Northeastern and so not Jesuit school, but it's always been very important to both her and me to give back to our community. Oh, that's great. Yeah. What are, what's kind of, some of the things you're working on now. Oh, I have a fun event coming up. Oh, yeah. Okay. Plug it. Yeah. June 14th. It's for Buffalo Prep. It's called Party for Prep. It's at Soho. And it's from 6 to 8 p.m. And Buffalo Prep is an educational like organization that helps underprivileged kids that helps them succeed in school. So they go to reg- they go to all the normal schools. They go to the Buffalo Public Schools. They go to the Catholic Schools. They go to the private schools. Um, but they go to like they go to Buffalo prep for additional education. So they'll go on Tuesday nights and Thursday nights and all day Saturdays to kind of get additional curriculum, to just really help them prepare for, you know, if they're in the junior high school, prepare for high school, prepare, if they're in high school, prepare for college so that they can be successful in school and then beyond in their careers. So I'm involved with that organization. Um, and we have party for prep coming up. So that's probably, that's one of the next things. Yeah. We'll be pubbing that on our social media. Cool. Maybe we'll run India on there. You guys should come. <laughs> it's a fun time. There's a lot of like silent auctions and basket raffles. Yeah. We'll you try to ex funaholic. I was oh, an ex funaholic. Wow. Bring it back. My, you know what? I mentioned the funaholics in my meeting today. <laughs> wow. No. Those wow. that don't know the funaholics yeah. were this kickball team. And they had a lot of fun. They yeah, kicked some fun. fun. Kicked the shit out of a lot of other teams. Yeah, you guys I won was, it a couple. I was times. never a funaholic. No, yeah. we played you guys though. No. What team were you on though? Motherfucking Basil's team. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> MFBs. That's right. <laughs> we had a strong yeah. competition between I our mean, two teams too. But I remember hearing you guys bitch about people bunting and kicking too hard. Oh yeah, hard, there was always the controversy. I mean, the, mm-hmm. yeah. the rules just kept changing. Well, until, yeah. until we couldn't play the game, you know? They did. Yeah. They kept changing. But we always had a good time at the hop in oh, after yeah. for, like, oh, chicken yeah. wings. Yeah, we always had a good time. <laughs> yeah. It was fun. But it get, who thought, like, adult co-ed, like, kickball could get that competitive and fierce? And it, it was. I, I think there's like some families like not talking leg. at yeah. some point. 
you guys actually brought kickball back. That that was like big in Buffalo for like ten years, yeah. and now it, since we're not around, I, I don't I don't think really people play. So kickball I think there anymore. still is kickball is leagues. Yeah, I'm pretty well, sure I heard about it recently. So. Good luck to but them. I think we've all we've all moved on. <laughs> yeah, from yeah well, we're retired. Yeah, we should be in the kickball hall of fame. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, you're in New York. What's your best late night food in New York? Pizza. 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 Or I love like the street meat, like getting chicken shawarma oh. from a cart. Oh yeah. From one of the you know the yeah the food carts. Not I a food truck. It was like the metal carts. What right. pizza place was there? A certain place. So in the Bronx at Fordham, I loved. Um, there's University and Pugsley Pizza. They're both right at oh, like yeah. right off Fordham's campus. They are amazing. So I loved those in Manhattan. I guess they're just very on like what you were near. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What you There's near one, it's all over the place. Right? All over, all over. But I, I think New York pizza is awesome because we don't have it here. No. And I was just there and like the, when you so get it out of good. the oven and it's cross yeah. the crunchiness of it. Oh, the big slices. Too. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's so good. It's such, I love pizza. So like I love Buffalo pizza, but I like yeah. New York pizza is so different. You gotta appreciate yeah. New York pizza for what it is, and you can't compare it to Buffalo. No, pizza. I don't think anybody can compare. I like, I, I like Chicago. I like deep dish. I do too. I, I like yeah. all that. I'm, I'm just, I just like food. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just face it. Me too. I yeah, love food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's the best New York pizza around here? Is there, is there, there every? They all seem to close. Like you're like, all oh, right. Well, New there's York that Zetti's. I guess it's supposed to have New York pizza, but I haven't been there. No, I mean, where's that? Williamsville. It is. <laughs> Williams like right off the right off the UB campus, of course. Oh well. But you know what? There's this Jay's Artisan Pizza that's up on Delaware. Have you had it? Yeah. I'm dying to try it. Yeah. The dude like ferments his dough. Yeah. He doesn't serve it if it's not right. Right. He's like very particular about it. It's a very small like. Yeah. Pizza place and that whole corner right there is awesome food. La Divina, Home Taste, that Chinese place down the way. Oh, I never had now, that either. It's up in Kenmore. Have you I been eat to Kenmore? A lot. Kenmore Jimbo? Eat a My lot. mom was originally from Kenmore. <laughs> it's a cute area then. They have great it. restaurants. <laughs> so what are your where's your favorite pizza in Buffalo? Oh, well, see, here's when we're licensed to talk has to kind of stay neutral because if I say the wrong okay. thing here. Carth and Press. I'll go with that one. Oh, I love Hearth and Press. And I like, Time and Grads, right? Yeah. You own it? I'll go with that. I'll probably I'd probably go with a uh, the brick oven bistro, and Love you know what? Oven. The best time to go there is uh, nine to close or uh, five to close on Saturdays. Really good guy behind five the bar. Five minutes to close, or five. from five p.m. to close. Yeah. Oh, do you bartend there? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> five to close on Saturdays. Go to the brick oven bistro and see Jimbo. Perfect. They do have good pizza too, though. We got a lot of cheap plugs on this one. <laughs> Look at Jim it. being such a good guy. He doesn't shit on anybody's pizza. No. no. He's so changed. So I, 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 think people... I always like, but I feel like there's so many different types of pizza. You have to kind of be a little like, you know, biased sometimes one way or another. Like if you want the brick oven, like yeah. I think Hard and Press is great. I think Brick Oven Bistro is great. If I've been in South Buffalo. I love Imperial. Yeah. But then I love Mr. Pizza too. Oh yeah. And like, but I'll say Mr. Pizza, I don't like the slices. So if I just want a slice of pizza, I'd rather go to Imperial and get a slice. You know, I think the problem in Buffalo right now is just if I ask you for well done, yeah. cook it well done. I don't want soup. And that's a the great soupy pizza is what kills me with places. And that's sometimes. a great trick now. Like my brother taught me that he's like, you got to order it like well done. I was like, oh, and it really changes the pizza. Yeah. Give mm-hmm. it that New York crunch. You yeah. Know a little bit mean? crunchier. Somewhat. It's like really greasy or chewy. Where, where's the, your favorite place to hang out in New York when you go there? Oh my gosh, I haven't been in a couple of years, but I've I, the past couple times I've gone, I haven't really gone above like Soho. I okay. love the downtown area. I love Tribeca. Yeah, great neighborhoods, and you don't feel as you're as crowded. I love the there. village. I was love just hanging village. out in the village for like four days. Mm-hmm. Comedy cellar, two hundred five club. Oh yeah, two hundred five Christie Street. Guys from Buffalo own it, and it's a fun like bar lounge. Not like club. It's like too small, but it kind of sometimes they'll have a club feel. They have a, like DJs and fun, and they just it's Buffalo guys. It's great. You know what? We need to tell developers we need more basement bars here. Yeah, and that's what the, that's what two hundred five right, club is. It's right. a basement bar. You go downstairs, and it's. I fun. mean, we have them. It's just a, they're, they're in Williamsville, Chippewa. No. <laughs> <laughs> Are there basement bars? In I know yeah, the Lennox. Like the Lennox. Well, Lennox is kind of one. Yeah. yeah, that's a great spot too. There's yeah. some good food. I was asked. I did stand up there in the back room. I was asked to leave there as well. No. <laughs> I'll, if you ever, if if, I, if we will tell you this story, if, I will not say what Jim said, but when he saw who was in the front row, he dropped the mic and left. We were so sitting you left there watching. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, I, well, he, well he, he, I don't know. <laughs> I, when I when I perform stand up, sometimes I like for everybody to be uncomfortable, and I'm entertaining that one guy that brought me there, <laughs> and it's usually his brother. And I remember right before I walked on stage that night, I said, "Tim, go start the car." He goes, "Oh no!" <laughs> well, so that was the last time I was there. But I love I will, I don't think I, I'm allowed there. I wasn't kicked out. I was just no. You just left. I left before they could kick me out. But so where else do you do stand up? Oh, uh, we're just starting to get back into it now. Okay, cool. You know, so you'll see it. You'll see it on Twitter. I'll follow it on Twitter. Yeah. We're, well, we're, we're trying to get a live show together, and maybe we could bring you in there to, you know, yeah. promote your business. Yeah, we stuff. made a movie. We made oh, a movie. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Mark yeah. made a movie. Well, yeah, we're trying to put it in the B- Buffalo Film Festival, but it, I don't think we find out till like July. Yeah. So you submitted it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Good luck. It's called uh, it? Stories from the Second Floor. It's all about uh, stories about the Griffin administration and told by Ray McGurn. So if you listen to the Ray McGurn podcast, it's kind of the preview. Some stuff didn't make it. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Good for you guys. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. We're having fun. You know, that's the most important thing. You have fun. We do need an ad guy, though. So you need to recruit us an ad guy. We can't pay you. <laughs> Just have me on the podcast yeah. again. We'll do some sort of goodwill. Yeah, we'll trade. Goodwill bartering. Yeah, we kind of uh, strayed away from do like even the bands and stuff. You can't go out and play live anymore. Nobody shows up. You know, it's like you're always like, like that's why the podcast. It's like it's like push play. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's simple enough. And you could do it on your own time. Exactly. You know, from any location. You got a great setup here with microphones and all the equipment. Yeah, you guys ever it's need impressive. a hand? And you said you were getting into a podcast. Yeah, we'd love to. Mark, you uh, always talked about it. Marky will uh, show us. you. Yeah, he'll coach. Yeah, well, there you go. And I could tell you some, you know, stupid jokes. I don't know what I can. <laughs> on the technical yeah, aspect, you, you, you can Google anything. So I'm googling how to start a podcast or what equipment do I need? Yeah. But like, like, okay, what what do I really need? What's good quality? So I again, we talked about it earlier. I like just talk to someone. I like to talk to people. Yeah, yeah right. Give me the feedback that way. I want to talk to someone I know. Tell me what to do. Right. I get so frustrated sometimes. You can find yourself on a black hole online trying to like. Google things or find this, find that, and these reviews, that reviews. It's like yeah, we'll definitely take care of you. It's now, fun to hear you guys like with your your podcast and where you want it to go and the movie. Like this is awesome. Oh yeah, stand up comedy. Yeah, yeah, we're doing so we're many trying. fun things. Well, yeah. it's so tough to get out there and do things and like this. Like today, we're interviewing you, and then we have somebody else, and then we have three in the can, and we're ready to go. We could release them. We go every other Thursday, basically. Yeah. So they're there. Like we get it done in a day. Yeah. So this is only one every day. And you day. gotta stay consistent with it too. So it's great oh, you're yeah. all lined up, ready to release every other Thursday. I was talking with like our administrative assistant today about that, and she handled a lot of our like social media posts and marketing blog posts. And I was telling her how it's coming on like the podcast today, and and I was telling her how Maggie and I are kind of thinking about doing a podcast too. And then I'm like, but you just gotta stay consistent with it. Yeah. And you gotta yeah. like make sure like every other Thursday. You're posting that podcast. Sure. And it's and almost you're promoting like, it on your social media. It's hard not to tr- be linear, too. Like, you got, you got to be able to, like, have it, like, you can listen to any one of them at any time. It doesn't totally. matter. You know, you don't have to start at one and go, you know, it's just, right. like, everything's its own. You're not following a certain yeah. sequence. Like, I felt, I didn't watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> but this past season, everyone's talking about the last season of Game of Thrones. I was like, I can't even catch up at this point. Like, I'm, what, seven seasons behind? And yeah. how many episodes? I was like, and that was it's the thing a, with me. I was like pot committed. I had to. You had to. I, I, was, I already had in so much invested. Yeah. So I had to watch oh, it. Oh, yeah. So what'd you think? Don't go down that rabbit don't, hole. We don't want to. We're, <laughs> yeah. we, we're not allowed to do Okay. No, yeah. <laughs> we had Bobby Whalen on, and like we thought, we're like, for sure he's going to be on our side about, about this. And we started saying stuff, and he's like, I just like to dress up like the people. I don't care what the story is. And we're like, that's bullshit. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, listen to that one. We yeah. start screaming at poor Bob. So, so, you, so now you do this for a living, getting a job. How, what was your first approach at getting a job out of Fordham? So my first approach, well, I knew I wanted to get in pharmaceutical sales. Um, so I was kind of navigating that. But my first job out of Fordham was at Narden. I was the director of communications there because I graduated from Fordham with a degree in communications and administration. And then um, I had my internship experience which was in public relations and advertising sales. So that was my first job. And then I was, it was right around Thanksgiving. I was offered a position with Eli Lilly and Company, which was my first job. 
so Thanksgiving in 2006, so Thanksgiving right after graduating college. Um, Lily was the first pharmaceutical company I worked with, but I turned down that first job because it was in Utica, New York. And at first I was like entertaining. I'm like, well, okay, it's halfway between Buffalo, halfway between New York. I can go back and forth on the weekends. And I was like, I really want to get into this industry. But it was right before Thanksgiving and I was like, oh, I can't do it. Like I was, you know, all my friends were coming back to Buffalo. My family's all here. So I turned it down. And then thankfully I did because a month later, my manager who hired me into pharmaceutical sales approached me and was like, hey, we're ramping up our salesperson in Buffalo. I'm going to have a position opening up. And he's like, I want to chat with you more about it. And we chatted. And then in January of 2007, I was hired into it. Oh, it's and great. it was a big learning curve. I'll, I'll admit it. Like I was like thought I'd walk in and be like a breeze. Like everyone's gonna write my my product I'm selling. It's gonna be great. No, I had a lot to learn about how to talk to different people, how to approach different people, different personality types. You know, the the nursing staff to the doctor and you know, the the billers at the office. You had to learn how to communicate with a lot of different people. So I learned a lot throughout that career, which has been very helpful and in, in my wow. career now. Do you think? There's people in the pharmaceutical uh, sales business that are kind of looking at it on what's going on today mm-hmm. in the culture and having like a moral second guess. Like, should I be in this field because of everything that's going on with the pharmaceutical drugs nowadays? Or, or what, do you, what do you think of that? Or am I just crazy? Um, I think there's a lot of people that are like just they, they question it because of just all the downsizing that's been happening a lot yeah. with, within that industry. Um, but they don't know what else to do right? because they've done it for the majority of their career. And then you're just viewed as like a pharmaceutical rep. So trying to get another job, they're like, well, you do pharmaceutical sales or, you know, you didn't, but do, I mean, you, you also care device. about it they as care well about it. And I think then that's like the, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you're still helping people. You're helping patients, right. you're helping yeah. them, you know, treat a, a chronic illness that they've been dealing with. And now you have this, you know, revolutionary medication that you're selling, um, to help them help their life, help them, you know, achieve a quality of life that maybe they, they weren't before. And you, you hear pharmaceuticals and some people be like, ah, oh, it's not all opiates. No. Yeah. You're, mm-hmm. you're working on like. There's so many other medications. Right. And that the opiates is a whole other like. Right. That's a. Whole right. other like segment. But and that is a huge epidemic. But there are so many other great medications and medical devices that help people, you know, maintain their life and get back a quality of life that they once had or, you know, beat a chronic illness. I don't know if you're you're up to date on any of this, but the CBD, you see it everywhere. Everywhere. I, wa- like, I don't know enough about it yet. I don't know, like, how to use it, when, like, when to use CBD. Like, because there's CBD oil, there's CBD makeup, yeah. there's CBD shampoo and conditioner, there's CBD toothpaste, there's CBD everything. And yeah, like, you just go in and talk to them. I think I'm military is uh, Sean Connors, uh, Bison Botanics. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and he, a, I mean, he is all in. It's helped me with this. You see this? Yeah. This nice scar? Because yeah. I'm a huge believer in, in essential oils, too. Me, too. And using them. Warlocks. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I know. And I think where you were getting at with the pharmaceutical thing, if you're, I think if you're gambling in the stock market with it, I think that's where you're evil, you know? Yeah. When it's, like, money-based. Because, like, the, the sales reps actually get care, you know? You and do. They're, and you're trying to figure it out, and you're trying to sell something to somebody who needs it. Where, like, the other side is, like, like Chris, they're, they're Chris like, Collins. taking all their money and being, yeah. like, oh, I'm going to make my money doing this. That's where right. maybe it gets more yeah, dicey. You know, you always have those people in every industry, you know, not yeah. just pharmaceutical sales, but every industry. And I'm sure there's people in that cannabis industry now like that and the CBD industry. What do you think about the cannabis in New York? You see, I mean, from being in the drug sales, do you think uh, – I, I, I know people have gone to doctors and they say, you know, all this guy's doing is giving me pills for this, pills for that. Mm-hmm. I could just, you know – take a hit of this vape or whatever or yeah. rub this oil on me. Do you, Are the doctors not getting behind it, do you think? I think some of them are. Are they, they now? There's actually like a big um, dent neurology oh, yeah. center. They have a big um, like medical marijuana yeah. side of their business too. So they're getting behind it. I think they're seeing the benefits. I think they're seeing the epidemic with the opioid crisis and p- the pain medications in the nation, especially in our area. So I think they're getting behind it, but you still we still need like the some legality behind it. And we illegal, still need, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, it's legal in some states. Some states it's only legal for medical marijuana. Some states it's legal recreationally. And it's creating a lot of different um, issues across the country, even in the workplace. Staffing. Staffing. Like, I was actually um, interviewed a couple times from some of the local news outlets about what we're seeing from a staffing standpoint and what companies are doing with when it comes to drug testing. 
because of like the legalization of marijuana in some regards or another because not totally legal everywhere yet. Um, but we've had candidates that maybe lived in California. Okay. And they moved to Buffalo. They're going for a job. The job requires a drug screening. They show up positive for marijuana. So we've had to have them then say, oh, my gosh, well, I have a medical marijuana card. I was using it legally in California. Mm-hmm. And usually the company, is they're flexible with that, they'll see, you know, they present the medical marijuana card and they'll be, say, okay, well, then we'll, we'll let it slide. But there are a lot of variables right now. Yeah. As it becomes more and more legal. But then, you know, you have the whole, the, the CBD yeah. too. And mm-hmm. you're like, okay, well, where, where does that yeah. kind of come into play? I mean, there's, there's just so many options now uh, to deal with your pain. And I, and I, I hope yeah. people do their research and do the smart thing yeah. out there. Exactly. That's the most important thing. Do your research, do the smart yeah. thing, like consult your medical <laughs> practitioner and, or an expert in that area and go from there. How many people at Staff Buffalo are you seeing that need a job just so that you can get health benefits? Is is that come up? You know, not as much as you'd think. Like, I mean, some people, it, it all varies. I mean, everyone's situation is completely different. So some people don't need health care. They don't care about it. They're either on their, their spouses or they're under 26 and they're still on their parents and they don't think about it. But, I mean, for anyone like over 26 who's maybe had a household, carries the insurance, Single needs healthcare. It it does play a big, a big role in the benefit package and in their their job offer. So, do you guys staff just particular jobs, or is it like across the board anything? So it's really anything office level, admin up to C level jobs. We do direct hire professional placements within accounting, finance, legal, human resources, general business operations, sales, marketing, healthcare. So um, mainly on a young professional, not like. If you're going to try and work at some restaurant or we do, yeah, so we don't do any like really like service service jobs, jobs yeah. or like like labor manufacturing type jobs. There are great companies that do that. Mm-hmm. That's just not our specialty. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll direct if clients come to us, we'll try and direct them in the right direction of the other companies that that do focus on that. You want to stay in the area that you're in now with the human resources and yeah. all that jazz. Yep, we're always looking, you know, for other ways to continue to expand our services and grow the business, but we're not. You know, we're, we're very selective about it, too, because we want to make sure it's in line with our company, our goals, our mission, and, like, what what we do within recruiting. Has Terry or Kim called you? Pagula? Yeah. Because <laughs> where it is, Not they yet. need a couple yeah, HR I heard. Guys. I was like, they have some, <laughs> some HR. They need some, like, top-level executives. <laughs> oh, those poor millionaires. Billionaires. Yeah. Sorry, Mark. Billionaires. Billionaires. Yeah. yeah, they, I mean, they're, wow, good for them. <laughs> You're a D1 athlete. You went to Fordham. What did you think the other day of the commencement speech where the speaker said, I'm paying all your debt? Can you imagine? I don't know if I would have believed it. If I was <laughs> I a graduate sitting it. there, I'm like, what? And they're all cheering. I'm like, did they know this was coming? Like, I really hope it's not one of these Michael Scott things, you know, <laughs> where where he says, you know what I mean? I hope the guy goes through and he will. I He's think a he billionaire. Will, yeah. I think that's so cool. And like, what for him, it's. It probably a tax deduction yeah. in the grand scheme yeah. of things, you know, but what a great um, gift to all those graduates. I'd probably be mad if I graduated the year before if I'm graduating <laughs> yeah. next year. Right. But, hey, what about that. next year? The guy's got right. a lot of pressure on him, I think. Yeah. A lot of pressure. But what a great guy. I can't remember his name cool. or the school. I can't but... either. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it. I see it. Was, but it wasn't anything, no, like, it wasn't anything recognizable. No. It wasn't like, and... okay, Bill Gates at Stanford. Or like, yeah. I don't remember what school. And I think I it was in pharmaceuticals. What. I could be wrong. That's I think, why I, I, think in, it, it I think me. in one way or another, yes. And I yeah. don't necessarily meant like pharmaceuticals or it was like, Biopharma, it was something in that industry. Who was at your commencement speech? Did you go to the graduate? I did. Okay. Don't remember. You don't remember? I want to say it was like Senator Chuck Schumer. Really? Yeah. Maybe. Oh, you fell asleep yeah. then. Did there, was there any cha- <laughs> was there any championships? <laughs> before, Were think. there any championships in New York while you went there? No. Nothing. Also, you were in the. Oh yeah, you're right. They I lost was. to the Boston Red Sox in the World Series in 2000 and. 2002 or 2003, I remember, because there was a lot of Boston kids at Fordham, too, so there was always that rivalry. Oh, yeah. And I remember the, when the Red Sox won, like, there was just an uproar on campus of, like, the Boston fans, like, cheering, like, out in the middle of campus. Yeah, yeah. But we, well, like... Uh, I was in bed sleeping for, like, the Giants. Morning, when did but... the Giants win? Oh, seven? <laughs> was it... Was... She just missed it. The David Tyree catch with Eli Manning and that. But yeah. really, that's not New York, a, though, you know? Yeah. But then being a Bills fan there, did it matter? Was it no, ever like... I did go to one Giants game when I was there. It was Giants-Kansas City. 
Um, and that was fun. I wore a Bills jersey, though, of course. <laughs> yeah. But I went with my friend who was an Eagles fan, and she wore her Eagles gear, and that did not – they could care less about the Bills fan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They were more annoyed at the, the Eagles yeah. fan. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we are pretty harmless, I guess. We are. <laughs> Very harmless. Yeah, it's like new Cleveland Browns. Even when I've gone to, like, other cities, like, for Bills away games, the fans are like – Oh, yeah, you went to London, right? I went to London. Oh, really? Talk yeah. about that. Oh, my God, it was so fun. We, my friends and I made a trip out of it. So we did Barcelona, and then we did a few days in London for the game, and it was a blast. The game was at Wembley. The game was terrible for the yeah. Bills. We lost to Jacksonville by a lot. Um, but it was a great experience. It was such a fun reason to, like, Do you think that they could support a team there? Mm, it was funny because you see all these fans in Wembley, and most of them were, like, Americans who came over for the game. And then you have, like, these European fans. I saw one guy. He had on a Pittsburgh Steelers T-shirt, <laughs> a Miami Dolphins like hoodie or jacket over it, and then a Patriots. He just like the NFL. He's just, just like an NFL just there guy. for the NFL. <laughs> yeah. And they have this on. I think it was King Street. I think that's the name of the street. I can't remember exactly, but in like London downtown, they had a whole NFL experience. They had like banners and flags and all different stuff going on during on the weekends that the games were there, and it was real. They make a really big deal out of it, which is fun. Tailgate. Oh, yeah, we tailgated. There was a tailgate in London? We tailgated while well, Coles ran it. Oh, okay. So, so you went with those guys, yeah. Ran it and ran it. I think it was at the, the Green Lantern or Black Lantern. It was right outside Wembley. They had a, we had a great tailgate there. It was a lot of fun. And then there were a bunch of us. There were some expats from Buffalo that lived in London, and they rented a double-decker bus. So we took a double-decker bus to um, Wembley for the game. So we tailgated on that. Oh, wow, that's cool. Then that's we awesome. went to the Green Lantern. It was so much fun. It was you, a blast. You talk about events. Fordham is known, Marky, for their uh, spring weekend performance. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I didn't get to participate in all the spring weekend events because of crew. But the couple that I did, it was fun. I remember I saw Third Eye Blind one Solid. year. They performed. Buster <laughs> Rhymes was one year. Busta Rhymes. I saw. Yeah. It was a blast. It was fun. My He's one of the best. But it's, and shit. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just a, a fun party weekend on campus. Yeah, everybody said to ask about that. And ask they, about they, said, they said if if they tell you detailed stories, they didn't do it right. So, so I'll passed. tell you one spring weekend story though. Okay. We were up all night and we were like walking back through campus and we met this we were freshmen. Freshmen? Yeah, it must have been my freshman year. We met this group of seniors. And they were kind of giving us some tips about, like, what you have to do at Fordham. And one of the things they said was, like, go to the pool, like, the, the swimming pool on campus, and play pirates. Like, <laughs> play pirates. Because we're like, why? They're like, well, because no one said you can't play pirates in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> so we did. <laughs> Next year, we played pirates in the pool. We all got dressed, you know, pirate gear, and it was, it was a blast. But that was, like, one of my, like, favorite memories of of that weekend because you can't like, great yeah no one said you can't play pirates in the pool <laughs> do you ever go back and uh visit fordham i have i've gone for like my five-year and 10-year reunions and have and you been bragging about the business at the last one or yeah i believe <laughs> awesome. so i'm Good. trying to remember the timing of it but yes i have so it's been fun but it's really fun to go back to campus it's a gorgeous campus and even since i've been there they've added new dorms and it's like even that you're paying beautiful. for it I'm like I, I know you've right? done paid for it yeah but i'm like can i go back now and like redo this because you have a different appreciation for it yeah all. so but yeah i've been back and not as much as i'd like to because there's some great food in the bronx too there's like the little italy of the bronx uh, yeah. it's called arthur avenue right off um fordham's campus my brother lived there with pat scanlon and liam flynn some other oh yeah all stars right fordham there alums. <laughs> And um, they lived right on Arthur Avenue, but there's some great like Italian delis and Italian restaurants, like still like kind of like mob run. Oh, yeah. Me and you the wife in. just went and everyone goes, oh, what are you going? Well, we're going to eat. Where'd you go? Uh, we just went to eat at everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Awesome. And hung out in the village and went to the comedy cellar. Every oh, fun. Three nights. Yeah. That's just, so fun. We took a mob tour. How was that? That was great. Was it? Uh, an ex, a retired New York City detective. Uh. And he... He took Jimbo to the side because you know how I get talking, Marky. The guy's like, oh, yeah, I'll tell this guy. He, he, he's he, into it. Yeah. He's like, you see that guy right over there? I was like, yeah. He goes, that's the guy that whacks Cigar Galani. I was like, Jesus Christ. I don't think you should have told me that. <laughs> <laughs> he knew but, he could trust you, though. Yeah. No, he did. You know, he didn't know we would be talking about it on a podcast. I won't say his name, though. No. But <laughs> different things like that in New York are popping up now when you stay at these B&Bs. They give you something to do. Not that you can't find anything to do. I know. But it's so interesting, the stuff that you can find in New York. And and for you, when you went to college there, 
you kind of had to do that on your own. And we did. And it, it was so funny because anytime people come to visit New York, they're like, where should we go to eat? I'm like, oh my God, I can't even tell you. Like you're right. in New York. There's so many different places. Like yeah. just go stumble on. Plus I couldn't afford where you probably should eat. True. <laughs> you yeah. know, That's why I bartended to make some extra cash to like <laughs> go out to dinner once in a while off I, campus. I, I will say Keens. If Keens is a great steakhouse, that's in uh that's by Times Square area oh, over nice. there by Mike Fitz at Rosie yeah, O'Grady's. Yeah, oh yeah. Like, and then and then he, I just place. returned the favor. He just t- came to see me two Tuesdays ago. He surprised me. Oh nice. So you yeah. Took care of him? Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> not as much as he did. Jeez. Don't you feel bad when you leave sometimes? Yeah. Because it's like, like, I mean, the, just the cost of everything there is so much more expensive than here. Like a drink is way more expensive than our like yeah. six, seven dollar glass of wine. If, like, if you get around for, say, me and Mark, you go out to a bar, around 20 bucks. Easy. No matter what. It's 10 bucks a drink. In New York or here? Oh, yeah. New York. It's more than that. And now it, well, it's got to be at least 30 to 40 now. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Snaf- uh-huh. I was at Snafu. Where's Snafu? That's that's in Midtown. Midtown? Yeah. So we were there. hanging there. There's so many new places. Yeah, it's great. I love how p- things pop up in mm-hmm. the smell. They disappear too, though. You know? Oh yes. Oh yeah. you. Totally. So I'm like always like I can't even remember where I was last time. It's still there. <laughs> what was that work. award you just didn't oh, you just get an award? I did. Yeah. yeah. So um, for a lot of my volunteer work, especially with like the the youth in Buffalo, um, Big Brothers Big Sisters honored me with. A Mentors Who Move the City Award. Oh. So I was one of the honorees. Really? So did you just make people. a speech? I had to give a little speech, yeah. So what was your message to the young people? What was my message? That we, not necessarily the young people, just everyone in general. Like, we have to help our young people. We have to help them succeed because they're they're literally our future. Mm-hmm. They're going to be the next, you know, lawyers, doctors, attorneys, podcasters, <laughs> bubble right. firemen, coaches, teachers. What You know, they're – so we have to help them be the best they can be so that – they can be successful for our, our future generations too. Well, I like it, Marky. Be the best you can be. Yeah. Hustle. Isn't Hustle. What, what slogan is that? Grind. Yeah. <laughs> Hustle and grind. Hustle and grind. You could hear Lauren Lewis at Western New York at work, ESPN 1520. What days? Every Sunday from 10 a.m. to 1030. All right. And uh, check out Staff Buffalo. There's mm-hmm. so many people in our area that are looking. What's the website? StaffBuffalo.com. They can also follow us on Twitter at Staff Buffalo and Instagram at Staff Buffalo and on Facebook. We will definitely and LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a huge platform for people. Yeah, it's wild. From from a yeah, there's something else. Probably something you should know about too is if you're a New York State resident, you can get a New York Public Library card, and then you get Linda for free. Do you know what I'm talking about? What is Linda? It's like the online learning. Oh yeah, yeah. But then it connects straight to your LinkedIn now. Now they're oh, like, oh, that's really cool. Connected. So if you're a New York State I resident, look into that. you can get the public library card. And can I do and that get, online? Yeah, and Linda's oh. Linda's thirty dollars a month, and you can get, you get it for free. free. You get it for oh free. God, if you're a no New brainer. York State, yeah. if you're a New York State resident. Cool. So you can like have and I people just go right online and do all that. Yeah. Look at us. Look at us helping career coaching along the way for stuff. I'm always open for new new ideas. New free ideas. Absolutely, that's even better. Well, Western New York at work, ESPN fifteen twenty. Staff Buffalo, and yes, we will come on the program. Yes. <laughs> Lauren Lewis, you are now licensed to talk. Thank I you love very much. To talk. Thank you guys. Thanks, Jimbo. Thanks, Mark. It's been Thank great. You. All right. Thanks, Lauren. The door's out front, but the entrance in the back. Come on, the red carpet. The cast and characters are straight ahead. You'll find your way. She's got many lights.
change.